Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. We're happy to welcome Francis Ball back to the studio again today with more fellowship and enjoyment of the life study of Genesis. Francis, it's awfully good to see you again. It's very good to be here. Uh, We're at a point of a turn, really, in Jacob's life. But before we come to that study, I wonder if you could give us a little review of this portion of Scripture that Witness Lee is going to cover today in these excerpts from Genesis chapter 28. Well, we've reached quite a crucial point in uh, tracing Jacob and his experiences. The portion of Scripture that's before us in this broadcast is Genesis 28, verses 10 through 22, which is the account of Jacob being sent out from his home to go to seek a wife among the relatives of his mother. On the way, he comes to a certain place, and needing some rest, he took a stone to use for a pillow and lay down on it. There he had a dream. He saw a ladder reaching from earth to heaven and angels ascending and descending on it. God was standing above the ladder and saying, I am Jehovah, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. He told Jacob, that he would give the land on which Jacob was lying, give it to him and to his seed after him, and that he, that is Jehovah, would go with him wherever he went and would bring him back to this land and would not leave him until he had done what he said he would do. Well, Jacob woke up and said, Surely Jehovah is in this place. He called it the house of God and the gate of heaven. Then he set up the stone that he had used for a pillow and made it a pillar and poured oil on it and called that place Bethel. Then he made a vow to Jehovah that if God would be with him and give him food and clothing, then Jehovah will be his God. The stone that he set up would be the house of God, and he would give Jehovah a tenth of all that God would give him. Quite a dream, Francis. I'm anxious to get into this life study. How about you? Yes, I am looking forward to it. Let's join Witness Lee then with the life study of Genesis chapter 28. Jacob had a dream at Bethel. If we are going to get into this dream, we have to see why by that time and at that place, Jacob got this dream. Jacob had this dream while he was wandering on his lonesome journey. Now, I must call your attention to this one thing. God has an intention in this person, Jacob. And Jacob, as a human being, did have a desire. And the desire was to be the number one. And he had a desire which corresponded with God's intention. God did intend to give him the birthright. 
if you have any desire that corresponds with God's intention, you have to believe that was not of you. That is of God. To have a desire to be the first one is not wrong. But here's one thing we all have to learn. Don't exercise your natural ability. Don't exercise your natural strength, your natural power to reach God's intention and to get your desire. Your strength, the natural strength, the natural power is a problem. The natural strength has to go. The natural strength has to be dealt with. So God is sovereign. God put him the second. We tell this kind of a sovereign arrangement, the natural strength, the natural man of Jacob could never be exposed. But God knew what was there within Jacob. So God put Esau the first before Jacob. This exposed Jacob's natural man. When Jacob was there in the womb, seeing the situation, (laughs) Jacob started to fight. You see? So that was God's arrangement. Don't forget, whatever happens to you, it is of God's arrangement. And then, plus this, you have to see, eventually, he became a lonesome wanderer. He was suffering, leaving his mother, and leaving his father, and leaving his home, leaving his environment where he was raised up. He was lonesome, very lonesome, wandering. Don't think this was only Jacob's story. Looking back to your past, you could realize what happened to you, it was exactly the same. Many of us got saved when we were forced to uh, suffer, when we were lonesome. When you were so much under your loving mother's care, the dream from the heavens wouldn't come. Every spiritual vision is a dream. The first dream of our spiritual life is the salvation. I do believe many of us can testify when we had the first dream from the heavens, our situation was not that pleasant. Whether we were suffering, whether we were lonesome, anyhow, it was not that pleasant. Well, Francis, I believe in this portion, we all got a realization that in a very real sense, we have had a common experience with Jacob. Just to strengthen this word today, Francis, what about your first dream? Well, as you intimated, I believe that many of us had experiences similar to Jacob's. Even though I was raised in a Christian home, and I heard about the Lord all my life, I believe, though, that I never had an experience that I could call my first dream 
until I was 19 years old. That was at the early part of the Second World War. I joined the Navy, and I was away from home, and all my friends, and all the things that were familiar to me. And in this particular camp where I was stationed, I got in with some other Navy men who had formed a Bible study. And I felt I would just join them because of my background in a Christian home, and I was kind of lonesome. So I joined with these, and one Sunday afternoon, uh, by kind of a mistake, I got in with a group of the leaders of the Bible study groups in these camps nearby. I was no leader, but just had attended a few of their meetings. There were about uh, ten of these brothers who were having fellowship about their separate uh, study groups and about some of the men that they were contacting. So I just sat there. Eventually, these men began to pray one by one around the table where we were sitting. I suddenly realized that they were going in order one after another and that it would sooner or later get to me. And I wondered, what would I say? I really didn't know how to pray. I began to realize that I didn't really have the Lord in me as I pretended to have. What would I do? Well, my turn did come. I could only say, Lord, I give up. But that little prayer brought me into my first dream. Almost immediately, I got a love for the Bible, and the very next day I began memorizing Bible verses and I began to pray. And that was the beginning of my dreaming. I would say, though, since then I've had more dreams. Every time I've told the Lord I want to go on with Him, I want to experience Him more, I've been brought more into another dream to know God's eternal purpose, to know what's on God's heart, and to know something of the church life. This has been a dream after dream in this kind of situation. Thank you, Francis, for your personal and touching testimony, and I'm glad to hear that you're still dreaming. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Very interesting. He was wondering until the night came, and there was no place for him to Large in. And he needs something to uh, put his head for rest. He picked up a stone to uh, make a pillow. It means that all the human doings are taken away. There was no house. There was no lodging. There was nothing made by man. The whole situation was God's work. What was there with Jacob was God's work. It was different from the time when he was home. When he was home, everything was there made by man. He has got into a situation where there was nothing of man. Everything was made by God. You take with your experience. When the first dream of our special life came to us, mostly it came to us at the time nearly everything made by man was put aside. It's hard for anyone to rest on this tongue. I don't know why he did this. 
he didn't use any mud, he didn't use any wood, he used a piece of stone. It's really meaningful. If I make a heap of mud and carry it with something, that again became human-made. You have to realize this piece of stone was created by God. No human hand, no human making. To his feeling, to his understanding, all human-made things became useless. He trusted in God's creation. He trusted in the things God made. It was by that time, and it was at that place, that the dream from the heavens came. Even today, the principle is still the same. If you check with so many called ones, nearly all of them can testify. It was until one day they were forced to suffer, to be lonesome. And also, they were put into a situation that all the human-made things became nothing. They may be still there, but they all became nothing. It is not a small thing. If you want to get some vision, to have some heavenly dream again, listen to this, you have somewhat to suffer. Nearly all the visions came to me through some sufferings. No one of us likes to have sufferings. But do you know, under God's sovereign hand, when sufferings come, no one can reject. The trust must be in something made by God. Then the vision would come. And we all know the visions always came in this way. Francis, this is a subtle but very profound point, that to get the spiritual vision or dream, we must trust in that which is made by God and not that which man has made. What does this mean, Francis? Well, this is uh, not so easy to answer. Uh, It seems that this all means that the Lord has put us into a situation where we cannot use our cleverness our own skills, to try to get a spiritual vision. This account of Jacob's experience is not just an interesting story about a boy leaving home to go find a wife, to please his mother, and to carry out the thing that his father sent him for. Jacob's going out from his natural surroundings and from his family was apparently the arrangement of his parents. But the whole thing was really under God's control. Jacob was a chosen one, so what happened to him was something of God's doing and God's choosing. Jacob uh, was coming to a particular place, needing some sleep. He got a stone to put his head on. All this was something that had nothing to do with his background. And he was from a home that was uh, a loving mother, loving father, and an interesting brother. He had all these kind of surroundings But he's been taken away from all of that now and is left out here without anything, you might say, man-made. But he was just really there, homeless, no family, and not even a comfortable pillow. So he came to trust in the things God made. At least he began to experience them. 
I can surely agree with Witness Lee's conclusion. To get some spiritual vision, some heavenly dream, it will take some suffering. If we are all the time having a happy situation, having a good time, uh, no such dream will come. We must be brought into a situation which is God-made, not human-made. Then the vision will come. Thank you, Francis. That was very helpful. Let's return to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Here is a man. Number one, chosen by God. Number two, predestinated by God. And number three, he was struggling, striving to get what God intended to give him. So he got the trouble. He got the trouble. And God came in sovereignly to force him to leave his home. And he came into a situation, lonesome, no rest, no human-made help. He was just hopeless. He was there under this kind of situation. The dream came. I must check with you. In the dream, the center is a letter. Did the letter come down from the heavens? No. In the dream, the letter was there, set up already, waiting for Jacob. Before he had a dream, the letter was there. But before he had the dream, he didn't have the sight. What does this mean, brothers? Let me tell you. Whatever you need for the birthright, all is there. Before you were born, it was there. Before you got saved, it was there. The only problem is that you don't have the sight to see it. So you need a dream. You need a vision to see it. Don't think in the dream, Jacob saw the letter gradually coming down. It doesn't say reaching to earth. Rather, it says reaching to heaven. And then, how about the angels? It doesn't say descending and ascending. But it says ascending and descending. Why? Because before Jacob saw the dream, the angels were there. This indicates God did something beforehand. Before you got saved, the salvation was there, waiting for you. The salvation there, waiting for you. But you need to be forced to leave your dear home. To leave every situation made by human hand. To get into a lonesome environment. I tell you, then your eyes will be open. Then... You may see, ah, oh, something is here. When we come to New Testament, especially with John, we could realize that this letter was Christ. Christ is the one that brings heaven to earth. Firstly, 
he brings heaven to earth, then he joins earth to heaven. In your mentality, in your natural concept, Christ was in heaven. But in your sensation, deep within, he was right in front of you. He was right within you. He was sat on earth. We all experience this. Christ has been set on earth today. He is reaching to heaven. Set on earth for what purpose? For the purpose to get you. Whenever there's one sinner received the Lord Jesus and got saved, many angels <laughs> will ascend to heaven to bring the good news there. And right away, they will descend back with some good things for you. Surely there is a real traffic. And the traffic doesn't start from the heaven, but from the earth. Whenever you would repent, whenever you say, Lord, I would gain you more, I tell you, many angels are sitting in the heavens. They are the real reporters, better reporters. They would bring the news to the heavens. When we had a good time with the Lord, we all had the sensation that we just didn't have the word to explain how wonderful that was. That was a strong proof that the angels were there ascending and descending. Today, Christ, the letter, the center of the whole universe, still here. This is the letter set on the earth, waiting for you to see it and to touch it. When I touch it, it just brings me to heaven. It joins me to heaven. Francis, what was the significance of the ladder already being set up when Jacob had his dream? And why were the angels seen first ascending and not descending? You know, that's a very interesting question because uh, I think many of us, like Witness Lee said, he read the scriptures and read this portion uh, for a long time before he realized it's not the angels descending and ascending. And also to realize that that ladder didn't come by his praying or by his wishing. That ladder that he saw was there already. This ladder is Christ. I know that because in John chapter 1, verse 51, it talks about seeing the Son of Man and the angels ascending and descending on him. So this shows us that this is a reference to Christ our Savior. When you got to a situation where you were lonesome, homeless, maybe hopeless, even suffering from having lost everything, the dream will come. Well, as I mentioned, according to John 1.51, the latter is Christ. He's there already. You just need to be brought to the place where you can get a vision. It's not that we need to bring him there, but we need to see him. We need to have the sight. He is there waiting for you. You don't need to pray that it will come down to you. You just touch this ladder and you are in the heavens. The angels are ascending so that when anyone gets saved, they take the good news to the heavens. 
then the descending is to bring back something good from the heavens for you. Also, this ladder is Bethel, the house of God. This is just a picture that Christ brings forth the church, the house of God. This is a glorious picture. Francis, a very glorious picture. Thank you for your help today. Thank you. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Yeah.